Hi everyone, welcome to Refine and Grow with Justin and Lindsay. My name is Lindsay Allen. And my name is Justin Euler, and this is your podcast for proven strategies on navigating and managing work life. All right, hello folks. Today we have a treat for you. We have a former colleague of both Lindsay and mine, Brooke Spearman. Brooke has a BA in communications, Spanish and English for Spelman College, and her MBA from the University of Washington's Foster School of Business. Brooke has worked with and for a variety of large corporations, including Target, Hitachi, Microsoft, and Starbucks. She has expertise in business strategy and operations, program and change management, and diversity and inclusion. She currently resides in Seattle with her husband and three children and is active in the community, serving on the University of Washington Business School Advisory Board, the board for the UW Center for Consulting and Business Development, and as the corresponding secretary for the Seattle chapter of the nonprofit Jack and Jill of America. Brooke currently works for Amazon Web Services as the global lead for early career talent experience. Welcome, Brooke. Thank you. Brooke, thanks for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you. That's quite the biography that you have. You've got a lot of great experience over the last decade or so. And so I'm excited to hear from you. Can you share with us and our listeners one of the best pieces of advice that you've received over that career? Yeah, you know, actually, Lindsay and Justin, that's funny. The best piece of advice I got was while I was at Hitachi, which is our shared past workplace, from a VP named Bria Dotzer. And it was coming as I was returning from maternity leave and I had my second child and I was feeling like I'm not accomplishing enough. I'm not moving fast enough. I don't feel smart enough. Like I'm not sharp. You know, like I was just giving myself a really super duper hard time. And Maria, who had children who were older, the children of her own, talked about, you know, your career in life being a thing of seasons, right? So you have a season where you focus on, I'm just trying to maintain here. I'm here to do a great job, but that's it. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to raise my kids. And that's the focus for the season. And then as your kids get older and maybe require, you know, they're not going to choke on a penny if you leave them alone, you can start swinging the pendulum the other way and focusing more on a career and being able to lean in there. And at the time, I was really frustrated and I was actually annoyed by the advice. I was like, seasons, I can do it all. What? And, you know, as I reflect, it's been about 10 years since I got that advice. And whoa, was she right? You know, I had a season where I was feeling, it didn't feel good maybe when I was in it because I was giving myself a hard time as a high achieving person. But there's a season where it was all I could do is focus on my kids, just making sure that they were happy, healthy, in the right school, not being bullied, mentally healthy, physically healthy. Of course, they don't cease to be my kids. I don't cease to have that responsibility. But in the last few years, I've been able to focus more on myself and my career and fulfilling myself professionally because, you know, I can step away a bit because they're a bit older. That's the best piece of advice that I've given. And it's played out over time. It's been amazing. Yeah. Work-life health is what we call it instead of work-life balance. Because as Justin has pointed out in previous episodes of our podcast is that there isn't really a 50-50 balance. That work-life balance term implies that you spend half your time focused on you and work and half your time, you know, with your family, whatever personal commitments are that you have in that social life. So it's a great way to think about it as the pendulum swinging and that there are different seasons. After you heard that advice, you talked about feeling a lot of guilt 
and even when you heard it, you were kind of frustrated, like, uh, no, I can do both at 110%, no problem. So I'm wondering, how long did it take? What was kind of the process of you letting go of that guilt and really accepting this is a season where I'm more focused on my family because I just don't have enough time to give to everything? Yeah, I mean, enough time, enough mental space, energy, all of those things. When I went to Starbucks, I had a few instances with Starbucks and my journey there where I was like, you know what? I'm comfortable and I know what I'm doing. And my kid may be struggling over here. I have three kids now or, you know, needing me to lean in over there. And I need to do that. And let me prioritize that because that's just going to be the most important thing to me right now. It was almost me like saying that out loud to myself, like, this is what I'm going to prioritize right now. And then leading into that and then doing that. And so Olivia is my middle child. She's five years older than my youngest, who is now four. And once I had him, I was like, there's no way. I just need to lean in and just give my all at work, do a great job. But also I have kids that need me to help and intervene when my kids was being bullied in school. So I was just making sure that priorities were straight. And then certainly as we went into the pandemic, it was that much more important to have my priorities straight. Yeah. And you volunteer a lot in the community, as we read in your introduction. So how do you add that to the mix and, and kind of find balance across all? To your earlier point, I don't think I have balance, honestly. Like, I think I do too much. I'm in a season right now or something needs to give. I need to take a step back somewhere. I'm enjoying being in a senior leadership role. I view it as kind of a servant leadership thing. Like I just I love taking care of people and working in that way. And so, okay, so I want to do that. Also, you know, I can't not be a mom, right? And I love doing that. And it's similar skills sometimes that you use leadership, right? Leadership of my house or, you know, within a company. So volunteer wise, I think there are a couple things that I might cut back on this year because it's insane. Also, I'd like to focus on having fun, fun doing things for myself. So, yeah. What I hear you saying is what you really enjoy doing is helping others. And you execute that in a few different ways through giving back to your community, through work and through your kids. And when you look at it as one whole picture, you see what season is it in terms of prioritization and time and energy levels that are given to each of those categories. Justin, what are your thoughts or questions for Brooke? Yeah, first of all, it's interesting the names that pop up as we've interviewed folks. Jen Wells, uh -huh. Maria Datzer are two names that come up repeatedly. If I'm being honest, it's such a silly statement, but it's, if I'm being honest, most of the best advice I've gotten in my career have come from those two. Maria is someone I still talk to at least once a year, sometimes multiple times a year, depending upon where I'm traveling or just what's going on in life and career. So it's interesting how those key leaders drive such influence in a lot of people's lives. I'm curious, as you got advice from Maria and learned how to accept and internalize that advice and have that advice kind of align with your life experience, how has that impacted you and how you now lead in the roles that you've had? Yeah, that piece of advice allowed me to lead more with empathy because I understand what it is to be a new mom or someone who's maybe not a new mom, but someone bright eyed and excited. Like I have a lot of early career folks that are on my team and want to be like the CEO yesterday. Yeah. You give it time. You're 12. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's allowed me to have more empathy. And I think also pass on that advice to others as I lead. I mean, I have a lot of mentees as well. So it's just such sound advice. Advice, especially for people who have the personality type that I have, where you're like, I want the world right now. And it's, maybe someday, but today you need to figure out what season you're in and where you're going to lean and then lean that way and be okay with it. 
So I'm curious, you're married and your husband himself has a pretty robust career and deeply involved. How do you navigate those seasons together? I mean, I have handoffs with my wife. We have three older children who are basically adults, but then we have this 11-year-old. And so we can't check out yet, right? So we have handoffs during the day and throughout the week. There are those kind of seasonal handoffs as well. So I'm curious how you navigate that relationship with your spouse, how you communicate, how you hand off, especially in light of you both pursuing careers. Yeah, that's a great question. I see it a couple ways. Like you asked handing off of seasons, but like there's the day-to-day handoff, which you mentioned too, Justin, where we have a family calendar tactically and we live by that family calendar up till two months ago, I was traveling quite a bit for work and so is John. So it's just making sure that we're like looping each other, like asking before we agree to an engagement. You know, everybody knows that I am married. I have three kids. And so our kids can't be by themselves. Somebody needs to be here, right? Like my four-year-old is not going to put himself to bed. So it's being very good at communicating what we need, what is needed from the job, and then being able to prioritize. Both of us are pretty strong at project and program management, which is really good because it allows us to have an organized house. Justin, you guys know, like we have soccer, we have basketball, we have tennis, we have clarinet, trumpet like football, t-ball, all the things, right? Acting class, cooking class. I mean, on a day-to-day basis, season-wise, as we all look to transition, and Sean and I both recently had career transitions. Sean, we both were at Starbucks at one point. He transitioned back to Cotter, which is the consulting firm that he's at, and I transitioned to Amazon Web Services about a year and a half ago. And before we made those transitions and moved into new seasons, where we were both moving to more senior leadership roles, right, we talked to each other. We made sure that we had each other's support, and the communication of the transition of seasons has been critical. And if ever we were going to transition again, we would make sure to communicate that. Yeah. It's a delicate balance because I'm sure if you're not communicating, you don't ever want the other person to feel like they're playing second fiddle. Yeah. Resentment. Yeah. Resentment. There you go. I completely agree. And especially when you have two people who are like equally as career driven as the mom and default primary caregiver, even though my husband's a great dad, when I had a newborn, like there's only certain things that dads can do yeah. and the mom has to take over just by nature. And there's some resentment there. And so it's just making sure that you are super great about communicating as you move through transitions and seasons and asking for what you need. Yeah. I helped set up our early talent program at M4 and we had been out of the early talent game for a long time. And I love being around the younger employees because they have so much energy. I wonder how you infuse some of your life lessons and experiences into those early talent employees as they share their eagerness to, hey, why am I not advising a Fortune 500 company CEO on strategy when I'm 23 years old? How do you both nurture that enthusiasm and that sense of urgency they have while at the same time kind of passing on those experiences that you've gained throughout the years that help you to be patient, I guess would be the word. You're right. It's a delicate balance. I have a few early career employees, but largely like I lead early career programs. And so for myself as a leader, it's making sure that I have empathy and I'm listening and that people feel seen. I see you and I hear you, but (laughs) however, that's not your role right now. And with mentoring, with support, with training, with experience, you can get there. But here are some things that I found useful or here are some 
research or things that are best practices that you can do to set yourself up to get yourself to where you want to be and being very clear about that. So I would say like in advising people that work for me and then also in building out programs, like how do we equip hiring managers of younger and career talent to be able to have those conversations so that interns or their apprentice or their direct from campus hire feels seen and feels supported and knows what it takes to get to the next step. Yeah, and maybe I'll follow on on that. It's all kind of related, but my older children are Gen Z. And there's some key differences between, say, I'm a crusty Gen Xer right in the middle of the Gen X generation. And then you've got the millennial crew that I kind of came up with in consulting because I started my private sector career a little bit later. So I'm very familiar with that. And there's key differences with Gen Z. One of the things I'm seeing with Gen Z is just a greater sense of balance in life, maybe a deeper sense of altruism and a desire to move a little bit more slowly. So I I guess I'm just curious, as we see here in chat, what you're seeing in those young professionals as they're coming up and what they value and how that's different to maybe the speed that many of us were looking to move at. Yeah, I would say maybe Amazon brings on a certain type. Right. But I would say in general, yeah. And they also put up with less. I've noticed that. Like they want a company to support their desire to work from home when they want or to come in when they need to or things that I would have felt uncomfortable maybe asking for because it's a different time when I was early in career. Have you ever seen the TikTok, DeAndre Brown? Have you seen him? No. He is so funny. He's a Gen Zer and he has these skits. I thought I sound old. It's not a skit, but it's like a TikTok where he'll be like, oh, you want me to work 50 hours a week? And you know, you want me to do X, Y, and Z? And then he'll hang up his computer and like close it. Not doing that. You know, obviously those things are exaggerated. It's a really funny podcast. That's what I see. Okay, I'll just move on and find another job. Yeah, hard lines. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, Brooke, really a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And some really similar themes with our conversation with Shanae. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun from a distance watching your career grow and develop and seeing you in the position that you're in now. So yeah, thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom and sharing it with the audience. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. To access more information about the upcoming book, Refine and Grow, Lessons Learned on Navigating the Business World, or find additional resources, head out to our website at refineandgrow.com. And tune in next week for an all new episode. Thanks for listening.